0: It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app and, of course, streaming live on YouTube at the Team 980. And it's our pleasure to welcome in our friend Josh Robbins from The Athletic, a tremendous beat reporter covering the Wizards. Uh, Always great to read his writing and good to have him on the show to talk about it, especially, Josh, when you drop nuggets like you did Uh, Earlier this week, uh, Kyle Kuzma, there was a trade on the table for him with the Mavericks, uh, and you reported that basically Michael Winger uh, went to him and and asked, like, hey, Kyle, do you want this? Kyle says no, and you had a conversation with Kyle about this uh, on, I believe it was Monday. And, and thus they walked away from the trade. Can you tell us a little bit more about how this went down and some of the details? Uh, because I think, especially for Wizards fans who just went through the Bradley Beal years of a no trade clause, that does sound a little bit disconcerting if you're, you're looking at players as commodities, which often happens this time of year.
1: I think you described a lot of it very, very well. When Kuzma re-signed with the Wizards, it was clear that the Wizards had started to rebuild. Uh, They traded Beal. They had to trade Porzingis because Porzingis wasn't going to re-sign with them. And uh, so the Wizards felt to a large degree that Kuzma was putting his faith in them. And, of course, everyone involved is mature enough and experienced enough to know that he automatically was going to become a legitimate trade candidate beginning in mid-December and will continue to be that uh, for the next three and a half years. So at that time, Michael Winger made Kuzma and Kuzma's agent a promise that he'll keep them informed and would at least like to hear Kuzma's voice when a trade uh, framework was developed uh, to at least offer him some input. Doesn't mean that Kuzma makes the decisions, doesn't mean that Kuzma has a no-trade clause. Uh, And here was a case where the Wizards negotiated what they could negotiate with the Dallas Mavericks. It was the best offer for Kuzma on the table, and it was an offer that wasn't going to materially change Washington's rebuild. In other words, put it another way, Winger was very lukewarm about it. It was a fair deal, not a home-run deal for the Wizards. And he went to Kuzma. And Kuzma thought it over, responded, hey, I'd like to stay here if that's okay with you. And that's what happened. Uh, Winger calls Nico Harris and says, hey, I I respect uh, you in these talks, but I just can't do the deal. This leaves open the possibility that the Wizards will trade Kuzma down the line, potentially for a better return. Uh, And I think that's a very real possibility down the line. But in this case, from now until the draft, there's no question that Kuzma is going to remain in Washington.
0: So I think what there's so much interesting about this, um, and I'm glad that you are able to explain to the audience. I think you did a good job of the piece as well. Of like, if they had gotten two, three first-round picks, all of a sudden, like some ridiculous deal on the table, Michael Winger uh, was going to make that deal, and Kyle Kuzma, and his agent. Certainly understood that. Uh, but when you, like, do you have any sense of what this deal might have been, even trying to put together context clues about maybe what Dallas traded for PJ Washington? And then what kind of deal do you think that they could get for him this summer if, they, if teams are pursuing Kyle again?
1: I don't think the Wizards were able to get two first round picks for Cruz in this cycle. Uh, there's, not, there's nothing to indicate that they did. And as a matter of fact, it was buzzing throughout the entire league that it was two first round picks. That was the price the Wizards had. I think my sense, and this is a guess, that it was going to be one incoming pick and keep in mind, it was going to come from either Dallas or a pick that Dallas could have purchased. And uh, probably not a high level young player, probably not a high level young talent. So. That's why the Wizards were lukewarm about what they were able to negotiate for Coop. One thing to remember, and this is my reporting, this is not what the Wizards have told me, yet as, as good as Kyle has been for the Wizards in many ways, he's not viewed as a number one or number two option throughout the league on a very good team. So it's not like other teams are beating down the door for the Wizards with multiple first round picks at this time now maybe that could change if a certain if a team or two out there goes through the playoffs gets eliminated early and feels like it needs a major jolt for now though I, my sense my reporting is is that the value Coos has isn't what Wizards fans would hope Coos has
0: So I think as Josh Robbins from The Athletic is our guest, um, one of the big things that I have certainly been talking about is that this is a gigantic game of chess for Winger and Dawkins, not checkers. They are trying to think two, three moves down the line, and thus just making a move right now for the sake of making one is not really what they want. But are you surprised even with that, that framing that there wasn't uh, more movement that it was really just Daniel Gafford and obviously the incoming trade for Bagley that ultimately happens when they have guys like Tyus Jones on the expiring contracts. Uh,
1: yes, very much so at that time. Uh, I expected, first of all, I expected the Wizards to to move crews. I thought that that was a very real possibility I expected. And here comes the trash can in the lobby of this Marriott. here <laughs> <laughs> I hope you can't hear that. Uh, I expected them to, I expected them to move Poots. I, I, and I think the vast majority of rival executives expected them to move Tyus Jones. They expected the Wright to go. Um, And as you said, they were not there. So um, I was expecting more with regarding Tyus Jones, reading between the lines, I, I would expect now Tyus Jones to resign with Washington in the off season. That's my guess, and uh, we reported, David Aldridge and I reported about a week before the trade deadline that the Wizards had real interest in re-signing him and making him their starting point guard uh, for the foreseeable future, and I think that is what's going to come to pass.
0: I would say, Josh, that the guy that really surprises me that he's still on the roster is DeLon uh, because he is a veteran. He is one of the best perimeter defenders in the league, and he is not probably a part of the future in the way that a guy like Tyus could be. Like Having Tyus around young players and to keep things organized is a tremendous asset in a rebuild that is built on building good habits. Not that DeLon isn't a good player and a useful player, but precisely because he is in a different setting uh, he's the guy that I think really surprised me. So I, I guess that's a long winded windup to say like, is that maybe us in DC overestimating him and, and what he brings to a team? Or is that maybe just the market in general didn't have as much movement this time around as it has in other years? Uh, I
1: no, I think that was a, that was almost as big of a surprise as Tyus Jones saying. Uh, one thing to remember, two things to remember first, uh, DeLon Wright will be an unrestricted free agent this offseason. Will he even be interested in re-signing with the Wizards? If not, then you, know, you hate to use this. It's, it's bad management from a roster perspective. However, DeLon missed half the season uh, with a knee injury. I suspect that other teams question whether he was all the way back healthy. Which may have depressed his value, limited his value. He was never going to get a first round pick, uh, even for a healthy Dillon, right? It was most likely going to be a second round pick, almost certainly from a contender, meaning that if it was their own second round pick, it would be late in the second round. And it didn't appear that that deal was on the table. And to look at it another way, the Wizards almost certainly would have had to bring in salary in that deal. And doing that would have eliminated their ability to use some of their trade exceptions they had uh, before mid July. Um, that's something that they value, that maybe they could take on a salary so long as it nets them a valuable pick uh, as the cost of doing business. So they also didn't want to intrude on the as they would say, the utility of those traded player exceptions.
0: Josh Robbins of The Athletic, their Wizards beat reporter, is with us. Uh, so kind of now switching gears from from the trade deadline and the things that did and didn't happen to what happens next. One of the big questions I have is does this season of experimentation now begin in earnest? Because you're no longer worried about the trade values of all of these players. What are some of the things that you expect to see Brian Keefe maybe at the, the encouragement, the nudging of management or just on his own as a guy who's got a great history developing players uh, now, of course, Uh, For those that don't remember, Brian Keefe, the the Wizards' interim head coach. Um, What are some of the things that maybe you anticipate Brian Keefe experimenting with over these final few months of the season?
1: Well, there's no question Bilal will continue to play heavy minutes. He is playing heavy minutes. I know fans want him to start uh, regularly. He is playing heavy minutes. Is there a a likelihood that he moves into the starting lineup before the end of the season? Uh, That would not surprise me. Um, I don't think that that's a, a done deal yet. I, I expect him to be on the floor finishing close games. Uh, I still think Marvin Bagley is going to start at center for the majority of the remaining games. I think um, Bagley, someone who's only 24, he, he too can maybe be developed. Maybe there's something there that his prior teams haven't unearthed. Uh, I'm skeptical that Johnny Davis would receive uh, major minutes or a rotation role unless we're talking about their last five, six, seven, eight games of the season and the Wizards trying to rest uh, and not risk some of their veteran guys. Um, there will be some ex- experimentation, but for guys such as Denny, Bilal, Pittsburgh, uh, the younger guy, the majority of their younger guys, they are playing heavy minutes, and they are being played down the stretches of big games.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Brian Keefe, since he took over, Bilal third on the team in minutes, so he is he is definitely playing more than I think the reputation says because he's still not starting. Um, obviously, the, the two guys that I think are most interesting outside of Bilal for very different reasons are uh, one guy you just mentioned in Johnny Davis and Jordan Poole. We'll circle back to JP in a second, but quickly just to follow up on Johnny. Like, do we just kind of chalk that up as a miss at this point? Is he... I hate to put the word bust on a guy, especially for someone who's gone through a lot of the stuff that Johnny has gone through and and had to deal with injuries and and transitioning as a young man into professional life. Um, But realistically, when you look at him as a player, is that just kind of, do we chalk that up as a miss at this point? Or is there a salvageable, at least rotation player version of Johnny Davis somewhere still waiting on the horizon? Uh,
1: Maybe, but... All the evidence appears to to indicate that he isn't right now. But right now, the that's what the evidence is. Um, in retrospect, with the benefit of hindsight, it looks to me, and an increasing number of player personnel evaluators throughout the league, that he's not an NBA rotation player. That a lot of the great performance and he was a great college player at a in a legit conference. Uh, conference that he came from a very structured regimented offense at Wisconsin where so much of his offense was were mid-range shots which is exactly the opposite of the direction the NBA is going at the NBA being of course a, a league where creativity and pure uh, evasiveness and skill and athleticism and size is so important so I, I, I'm not I'm not optimistic there. Maybe he will get his chance, um, but I don't see it in the very near future.
0: Yeah, it, I felt like at the end of last year, he showed some flashes, especially defensively, but just hasn't come together. Uh, and and this new staff certainly would have given him the chance. That leads us then to Jordan. Um, and it just has been as disastrous of a season as I can remember for a guy who has the potential, or at least was seen to have the potential, of being a star player. Um, what, are, what are the Wizards saying about Jordan Poole? And, and what is when you talk to other folks around the league, what are they saying about Jordan Poole and how this next three months until the summer, at the very least, goes down?
1: Well, the Wizards are saying all the right things. Brian Keith, two games ago, uh, reiterated how much he trusts Jordan Poole. Well, last night, Jordan Poole wasn't in there down the stretch when they were... Uh, they had some points to make up. You know, they they went with Kispert in part because of Kispert's three-point shooting. Um, you're right. It's been close to disastrous from an on-court perspective, not an off-court perspective, not in terms of his maturity or being a good teammate. But on the court, it, it's just very difficult to envision him the way he's played as a starting two-guard on a contending team. Um he just hasn't played well enough to do that. And he doesn't have a lot of size. He's not a great athlete. Does not defend, although his defense has improved, his effort has improved under Brian Keith. Uh not I would just instead of saying not encouraging signs, I would say discouraging signs. And He's got a big contract. He's got three more years on that contract. Uh, It's a problem. It's a problem. And I suspect the Wizards are going to do everything they can to resurrect his game and his value. But given the lack of other big-time offensive threats to make things easier on Jordan, other uh, other opponents are going to put him right at the top of that scouting report, and in many cases, he's most likely going to struggle.
0: Do you think that they finally move him to the bench, and whether it's Corey, whether it's Bilal, whether it's whoever, that they maybe they, they take a different look at that backcourt with Tyus as the starter, get some extra size in there, maybe get some shooting that Jordan was theoretically going to provide but hasn't, like, is that change, do you think, coming, or do they just roll with this for the rest of the year and maybe adjust the minutes uh, outside of when there's the game hasn't started yet?
1: Well, now that's another great question. And I wish I had the exact answer to that. My guess, emphasis on the word guess, is that they continue down this path where they have uh, 29 more games. I I suspect um, that they go down this path continuing like this probably for the next 18, 19, 20 games. And then perhaps switch things up. You know, if he continues to shoot 1 for 12 from the field, uh, as he was last night, I believe, or go 0 for 5 from the field as he was against Cleveland, well, that may force Brian Keith's hand. Um, I don't think that things will remain quite that bad. Uh, So here I'm giving you a mealy mouth answer because I don't know the answer. I suspect that if that change occurs, it would probably be Um, much later in the season, probably nine, 10 games to go.
0: No, I think that's totally fair. And one thing that I've learned very quickly, as I'm sure you have as well, uh, far more intensely than I have, is this is a fairly tight-lipped group, um, that they are together in their messaging. And, um, you know, everything coming out of there is that, that, you know, all the same positive stuff that you said about Jordan um, in terms of how he is. And, And this is where I'll wrap with you, Josh. And the last thing on JP is, in some ways does it make it harder that he's been such a good teammate and that mentally he seems locked in and and all those things it's not like man we just this guy seems lost like you don't hear that it is just the game the game it does not seem to be going well and it, it feels like in some ways that makes it harder um i'm obviously not there as much as you are and having the conversations that you are i'm curious your thoughts on kind of that that almost separation of, like, yes, teammate, mentally, all that stuff, check, 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 and the game has just not come along?
1: Yes, it, it certainly does. Um, it's a good thing for the Wizards that he's been fine off the court. Um, yeah, he gets this repu- – you know, you shouldn't almost have to make that qualifier, but he, he had such a, a bad reputation from something where he got a terrible raw deal which is that doctored video of that timeout in Brooklyn. Uh, I've watched that original footage. That original footage aired on their, the wizards network during the game. Right. In which he was actually looking at that whiteboard for 18 consecutive seconds. Um, Now, if, if that video that was circulated on Twitter was accurate, well then that would have been a damning moment, but it was inauthentic. You're right. Um, if, if he were a bad teammate, this would be a much more cut and dried case, but he hasn't been that. And there have been instances where actually in games where he's been a little too unselfish. Um, so it, it, exactly as you said, I would just say he just hasn't been good enough on yeah. the court. And um, that, that is, That that is that's Seems to indicate, for now, that he's most likely best suited to being a bench player on a good team, which is not what the Wizards would want, or any fan base would want. They would want him to just, of course, the polar opposite to be true, but there have been very few indications that that's that's going to happen.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, this is a guy that I thought in... You know, before the season, could lead the league in scoring if he could get his shot going and the attempts he would get. And and here we are having this conversation now. It's it's kind of bizarre, but um, that's the league sometimes, as you well know. Uh, Josh Robbins uh, writing about it all in the Athletic. Josh, thanks so much uh, for your time. Greatly appreciate it. Safe travels, and we will talk to you soon.
1: All right, thanks, Greg. Take care.